Thank you, Jesus. Father, we come to you and we thank you and we bless your name on this morning. God, we pray now that as your word goes forth, that distractions would be removed, that barriers would be broken, that we would be singularly focused on what you have to say during your word. God, we thank you for this time that we spend with you. God, we pray now that out of your word would come life change that would help us to become all it is you would have us to be. Father, we love you and we bless your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My grandmother was born in a small town called Thompson's, Texas in 1921. She was the oldest of three children. There was my Aunt Mildred, who was, by some accounts, a very straightforward and stern, uh, yet serious individual. There was my Uncle Weldon, who was businesslike in his approach, but would always have some kind of sage saying that he would impart to all of us when he would see us. My family would always get together during the holidays. And when we would get together, we would always sit down and discuss local or national or sometimes even international politics. My Uncle Weldon was a Korean War veteran, and so the affairs of geopolitics interest him. Sometimes we would talk about business. You know, I'll never forget one Sunday I was talking with my Uncle Weldon and we were talking about business. My Uncle Weldon had worked for a variety of companies and so I was telling him about aspirations that I had at that time to own my own business. My Uncle Weldon looked at me with a very stern look, a very serious look. And he said, Chris, he said, the man that knows how may always have a job, but the man who knows how and why will always be boss. Now, I use that story as an illustration. Many of us today understand how to worship. We understand how to praise God. But unfortunately, many of us don't know why we praise God. As we go through this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic called COVID-19, many of us have to be reminded on a daily basis about why we praise God. Many of us have to be reminded not only how to praise God, but why we praise God. Because I would submit to you that knowing how to praise God is one thing, but knowing why we praise God is something totally different. Because remember, you want to just not only participate in your worship and praise of God, 
but you also want to take ownership of your worship and praise of God as well. Our story today comes from the book of Ezra, the third chapter, verses 10 through 13. And the title of our message for today is Why Do We Praise the Lord? Why do we praise the Lord? There are three things that God wants to show you in our message today about why you praise the Lord. The first reason you praise the Lord is you praise the Lord to publicly exalt him and his works. You praise the Lord to publicly exalt him and his works. Ezra in the 10th chapter reads as such. Now when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. The book of Ezra is written by its namesake, who is a priest named Ezra. Ezra has been given the responsibility to lead the remnant of the children of Israel who had been taken into captivity 70 years earlier. And so Ezra is leading this remnant as they have returned from Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And so as they begin this project, the children of Israel face a monumental task because not only have the walls of Jerusalem been breached, but the temple has been completely destroyed. And so the Bible says that as they complete this first phase of the project, they celebrate the accomplishment that God has given them the strength and the fortitude to complete. Remember, we're talking about why we praise the Lord. We praise the Lord to publicly exalt him and his works. There's a funny thing that happens when God does something in your life. The children of Israel have been faced with this burdensome task of rebuilding the temple and had had enemies and naysayers who had said that they would not be able to do it. And so they recognized that the rebuilding of the temple was going to be a monumental task but the mere fact that they had laid the foundation of the temple deserved a praise and a worship of God. And so the Bible says that the priests and the Levites assembled. The priests in their apparel, the Levites with symbols, the sons of Asaph who were designated by King David to serve as the musicians of Israel. And they gathered to publicly demonstrate before the world, before naysayers, before enemies, what God had done for them. They wanted to publicly let the world know that their God was greater than anyone had ever imagined. When you publicly praise God, you stand before the world and you let the world know that God can and will deliver blessings. Your praise is to show 
his work in your life. For some of you, God has done a mighty work. He's continuing to do a mighty work in your life. For some of you, you've gone through this traumatic time of COVID-19. Some of you, unfortunately, have dealt with unemployment. You've dealt with the loss of loved ones. You've dealt with the loss of benefits and the loss of friends and that social connectivity that many of us were accustomed to before this pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, God has been moving in your life, making a way. Now that deserves some praise. And, you'll, and so you should stand up and publicly declare before the world that God is able. Now you want to praise God because of who he is. Now I know you're sitting at home and you're saying, well, I know who he is. He's God. But look at what the text says. The text says, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, that word Lord is referred to as the tetragrammaton. It is the covenantal word and name for Yahweh. It means that he's not just God, but he is the Lord that you are in a covenantal relationship with. And so when you praise God, you praise him because of who he is, not merely because of what he's done. He is El Roi. He is El Jireh. He is Jehovah. He is the God that moves all throughout your situation. He is the God who woke you up this morning. He is the God that engineers you to do better. He is the God that works through the Holy Spirit so that you can know that you can and will make it. He is the God that sent Jesus Christ into your life to give you salvation. He is the God that provides when you think you have no way. He is the God that opens doors. He is the God that not only gives you resources, but also gives you the mental stamina to be resourceful. And so you praise God for who he is. But not only do you praise God for who he is, you praise God because of the work of the work he does in your life. God had done a tremendous work in the lives of the remnant that came back to Jerusalem. Earlier on in the Bible, he promised Abraham, the father of many nations, that he would never desert, that he would never leave his people. And so this remnant understands that everything that God is doing is what he promised. Many of you all who are listening this morning, you recognize that you're making it on somebody else's prayers. Last week, Pastor Bell spoke and preached about if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? God's honoring the prayers of your grandmother. God's honoring the prayers of your mother and your father. God's honoring the prayers of your uncle and your auntie and cousins and friends. And guess what? The work that he's doing in your life deserves a praise. Now, I know you may not be in the sanctuary with me, but you can shoot an emoji out on that timeline. Hallelujah, somebody. Preach, Chris. Preach. You should praise God because of the work he's doing in your life. But not only do you praise God because of the work he's doing in your life, you also should praise God because you're seeking the things of God. You're seeking the things of God. The text says that the sons of Asaph were praising God because of the directions 
that were given to them by King David. King David had designated the sons of Asaph to be the musical guild who would usher in praise and worship of God when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back from the house of Obed-Edom. And so as they were seeking the things of God, the Bible says that David praised God all the way to the house of Obed-Edom and praised him all the way back to Jerusalem and then praised him all while he was in Jerusalem. And so no matter what the difficulty it is that you're facing, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're going through, while you're seeking the things of God, you should praise God all the way through whatever you're dealing with. Problems in your way, praise God. Naysayers and enemies are coming before you, praise God. Job may have laid you off, praise God, because guess what? God never leaves his people. He provides for him. Somewhere in the Bible it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, so many times we praise the wrong things. was watching NBA basketball the other night, and LeBron James made a spectacular move on Russell Westbrook and Austin Rivers. Now, I'm a Rockets fan. I didn't want to see him make that move on Austin Rivers, but he did. And all on the internet, the internet just went crazy, and they were praising LeBron James because of his athletic ability. Now, if you'll sit in front of a television screen, if you will sit in front of a computer screen and praise a mere man for dribbling a basketball on a hardwood floor, how much more should you praise the eternal God that gave you everything, who keeps you motivated, who holds your family together, who inspires you to be bigger and better because he knows what he puts in you. God is always faithful to his people. Remember, we're talking about why do we praise the Lord. The first reason we praise God is we praise the Lord to publicly exalt him and his works. The first reason is we praise the Lord to publicly exalt him and his works. But remember, the second reason we praise God is we praise the Lord for his love for us. We praise the Lord for his love for us. Verse 11 reads, they sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because of the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The priests sing to announce that the Lord had reestablished not only worship, but reestablished his protection over the nation. They praised him to proclaim his goodness. And so they give public testimony. They make a public declaration about God's loving kindness. Now the word for loving kindness in the original language is hesed. It speaks to God's kindness, God's love and care for his people. And the Bible says that in the book of Ezra, the priests not only assembled, but that they sung 
these hymns of praise and worship so that they could announce to the people that God's goodness is still, on, is still in effect. Corporate, ra- corporate praise is not just a spectator sport. We all have something we can praise God about. For some of you, you praise God because of how he's kept you and blessed you. For all of us, we praise God because of his love for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish or have everlasting life. For others, you praise God because his love has been made tangible in your life. He reminds you through the power of the Holy Spirit how much he loves you and how much he wraps his arms around you and how much he wants to keep you and to develop a relationship with you. All of us have something we can praise God about. The text says that the priests and the Levites made a display up and down the streets of Jerusalem that they lifted holy hands, that they raised their voices in admiration and adulation, in praise and in worship because they realized that their praise of God was not only because of their love for him, but it was ultimately because of his love for them. You know, we all love to praise because of someone's love for us. You know, I don't know how many of you all out there have a boo thing. But, you know, it always tickles me when I'm on social media or when I'm out and about. And through observation, I see people displaying the love that their spouse has for them. I mean, you know how it is, especially if you're on Facebook. Soon as somebody gets into a relationship, that relationship status changes. Because that person wants you to know, he or she wants you to know that I have somebody who loves me. They display that love because they recognize that there is a validation for them that comes from the love from somebody else. Now you're sitting in your living room and you're saying, well, what are you saying, Chris? When you praise God because of his love for you, you validate what God has already always said about you in his word, that he loves you, that he cares about you, that his love for you is really what defines you. You're not merely defined by the love that you get from a mere person. Now, I'm not against love. I love that too. It's lovely to be loved. It's great when your friends love you, but you're not defined by that love either. And if we were to really be honest with ourselves, if we would talk about the truth of the matter, we look for love sometimes in the wrong places. Some of us go to clubs looking for the right thing in love in wrong places. And there's nothing wrong with the club, but they don't love you like God loves you. Some of you look for love in the mall or online. There's nothing wrong with shopping, but they don't love you. They just love what you're bringing, which is your money. Others of us, we look for love 
in our chats or on our timelines. We look for the like, and there's nothing wrong with being liked, and there's nothing wrong with being affirmed. But the greatest affirmation that you will ever have, the sweetest love that you'll ever know, is the love that God gives you. And when you receive that love, it demands that you praise him. It demands that you give back to him what he has already given to you. Remember, we're talking about why do we praise the Lord? Why do we praise the Lord? Number one, we praise the Lord to publicly exalt him and his works. Number two, we praise the Lord for his love for us. But the third reason we praise the Lord is because we realize that praise is not about us. It's about him. Verse 12 reads, yet many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of fathers' households, the old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, while many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard far away. There are two scenes going on in the book of Ezra as we look at this story. The new temple, the foundation of the new temple had been built on the foundation of the old. And the Bible says that there were two contrasting pictures that were going on. There were those who had seen the glory of the former temple. They had seen the former temple which had been built by Solomon, which had rubies and ornaments and gold and silver and had been overladen with all type of precious metals and woods. And they had seen that temple. And the Bible says that because they saw that temple, they contrasted it with the temple that was going up at that very moment. And then on the other hand, there were a group of people who had never seen Solomon's temple. They had never seen the sanctuary that had been overladen with precious metals and wood and gold and rubies. But they had seen the new temple. And they worshiped God because of what God was doing right then. I believe it's right here in this text that God is really talking to all of us. So many times we think about blessings and we thank God for blessings. And in the midst of thanking God for blessings, we, just like some of the sons of Israel in this text, begin to compare blessings. And instead of us focusing on what God is doing, we work ourselves up in, into a frenzy and into a state of depression when we think about the things that God had done and we think about what God had done instead of focusing on what God is doing. Winston Churchill says that when your past opens up an argument with your present, you're in danger of losing your future. Past blessings are great. Past Stories and understandings of God are great because we need history for us to understand what God has done in the past. But listen to me very carefully. You can never limit God to what he's done in the past. 
Because if he did it in the past, that means he can do it in the present. And if he's doing it in the present, that means he'll do it in the future. Somebody say amen with me right now. I've had conversations with people who have shared their frustration about living in this COVID-laden environment. Some of you have lamented and mourned the fact that the world we had pre-COVID is now a distant memory. And while I share that sentiment, and while I understand your pain and your frustration, I would submit to you today that while we do lament and we do miss those pre-COVID days, I would submit to you that there is something that God is doing right now in the present that we should be focused on. Because if we focused on what God did pre-COVID, then we'll miss what God is doing mid-COVID because what he's doing mid-COVID is going to translate into what he's doing post-COVID. Somebody's saying, make it plain. Here at the Good Hope Church, when COVID hit, we were all blindsided by it. Because ministry as we knew it changed. The landscape of how we were accustomed to doing church changed. And what we realized is, is that the way we were doing ministry is not the way we needed to do ministry at that time and so God moved he gave our pastor a vision of I hope church and versus us seeing a thousand people on Sunday now we are literally taking hope to the world all over the globe because we realize that though God had blessed in the past he's blessing in the present right now don't ever allow yourself to be lulled into the trap and the deception of the enemy that what God did in the past he can't do in the future somebody in here I don't want you to miss your opportunity to praise God because of these mixed emotions that you may be feeling about comparing and contrasting blessings because guess what blessings ain't got no shelf life on them and everything that God has done before he can do again Because it's in our flesh that we will try to contrast blessings from God. And that we will try to compare blessings. And while we compare those blessings, we miss out on what God is doing right there in that very moment. Well, the children of Israel would go on and complete the temple. And the Bible says that the culmination of this completion of the temple was a reconnection with God. That ultimately the compare and contrast of the blessings really didn't matter because ultimately it was all about them getting to know God. Somebody at your house today, you may be sitting at the kitchen table, you may be sitting in your bedroom, but you ought to praise God that through this pandemic, what he's really trying to do is reconnect with you. What he's really trying to do is talk to you. 
Some of you, you ain't had this much peace in years. And so it's in the quiet and the still times that God wants to talk to you the most. Let's pray. Father, we bless your name today and we thank you for the word that has been given on today. God, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, in the midst of societal and cultural and political uncertainty, God, help us to remember why we praise you. God, help us not to get complacent. Help us not to get too comfortable in our praise and our worship of you. God, keep us connected. Keep us tethered to you through the Holy Spirit. God, help us to remember that we praise you because of who you are, because of your love for us, and that ultimately praise is about you and that it's never about us. God, we bless your name on this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're interested in becoming a member of this church and or accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we would ask that you would go to our website. Click on the link below that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? There'll be a video there that'll give you all of the instructions and information that you need on how you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you just prayed the prayer of salvation, then click on the link, I just accepted Christ, now what? If you want to become a member of our online church, we'd ask that you would allow us to facilitate your discipleship on this virtual platform. Just click on the link, I want to join the church. There's information on that link that will walk you through how to become a member of our church. Now, if you'd like to support our ministry, we have seven different ways you can give, including multiple financial platforms. Hey, we want to thank all of the volunteers who participate every week in our food pantry. From the setup to the, of the distribution, we serve hundreds of families and thousands of people with what they need for physical life. And none of that could happen without your donations. And so we want to thank you and we want to thank our volunteers. And we want to ask that God continue to bless you as you bless others. If you've been blessed by this message today, we want to ask that you would register and be a part of our life group. And our life group stands for living in fellowship every day. There are people who want to connect with you through our life group and want to welcome you into the family of hope. Hey, remember God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And that God is with you and that he loves you. 